The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. It's Matt Slick Live. Matt is the founder and president of the Christian Apologetics Research Ministry, found online at CARM.org. When you have questions about Bible doctrines, turn to Matt Slick Live for answers. Taking your calls and responding to your questions at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome to the show. It's me, Matt Slick. I hope you're having a good time listening to Matt Slick Live. And if you want, you got to give me a call, 877-207-2276. Now, just to let you know, we're having a little bit of uh, phone problems still. They told me two out of the five lines aren't working, but they're able to talk to you. So if you call in, it should be fine. At least we've got three lines going. So, And uh, the number, 877-207-2276. All right, so I released an artic- two articles today, actually. One um, analyzing the debate, and the other, uh, I, th- I think it was last week that someone asked me the question on the radio. I thought, oh, that's a good question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write an article on it, and I did, and it was the question, can God create someone uh, equal to himself? And the answer is no. And I wrote an article in response to that, and that's leading me to another article uh, that I'm, I'm going to be writing. This is no big deal. Just a smaller one. Um, was Jesus created as an equal to God? And that's another question that I thought might be worth getting into. So I'm writing an article on that. Maybe I'll finish it tonight or tomorrow. And we can blab. So there you go. All right. Now, whatever you want to talk about, all you got to do is dial 877 877- Two zero seven two two seven six. If you're interested in watching the show, you can go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot O-R-G, and on the right-hand side of the homepage, I think I'm going to do that right now, uh, you'll see a picture of me with a microphone on my head, and uh, then it says Matt's Look Live. You click that, watch Matt's Look Live Radio. It's me sitting in the office, and sometimes what I'll do is I will change things on the shelf behind me. Sometimes a lot, sometimes just a little, so that uh, sometimes the people in the chat will point out what the change is. And there is a change today. A small one. Maybe they can tell me what it is. And uh, there's a nice fellowship of believers that we have uh, that, that go in there. So we're going to be working on several things. We're going to be working on uh, getting into Rumble. We actually have a Rumble account, and we have to get the stream key we had it all set up and it was working and now it's not working i don't know why and we're going to get the uh our web guy uh, to help out yes noel got it the lights are a little brighter yeah because uh, that's what it is behind me uh it has three double a batteries in the the case and they were all you know like three weeks old and so i put one fresh one in there and that way it's not over that's right and the, my novel the time trap has moved also um, and it's up on the top shelf because it was falling down. And then I had to do the radio show. So there you go. All right. Yeah, Time Trap is one of my novels that I've written. And um, actually, that reminds me of something. See, I wrote this novel uh, because I saw a science fiction guy do say something. that says it's really hard to write horror in science fiction. So I, I said, no, I can do that. And I did. And that's Time Trap. It's not horror like gruesome but it is uh, frightening uh, because of this creature that these people encounter. And so, you know, I enjoyed writing it, and people have, uh, if anybody read it and they want to call in and talk about it, please do. 
Uh, I had people tell me they really enjoyed it, thought it was good, it, they'd make a good movie. Apparently, the things I write, people say would make good movies, uh, and I would agree with that. All right, so this reminds me of something, uh, step to the left or right, whatever you want to call it, but um, artificial intelligence. So I have uh, a family member who knows an expert in this. I'm going to try and get a conversation going with this person because I've got some really interesting uh, questions, well, I think are interesting, about the nature of AI. And apparently, I've heard this before, I've heard it from other places, that uh, people are getting concerned about AI taking over artificial intelligence, okay? Machine language, machine intelligence, that will then be able to reproduce itself and uh, be in control. And if you've seen the movie... Um, the movie uh, Terminator. Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger came out in 94, I think it was, and it was great. <clears throat> and it was because the machines that man had developed became self-aware, and then they realized that mankind was a threat to the machines. So the machines preemptively attacked mankind with nuclear power because they were tied into the grid. And they called it Skynet. Skynet took over great movie um, and they've made two sequels to that which are just awesome I love science fiction so uh, you know I'm just automatically like yeah thumbs up and so uh, this theory this idea of artificial artificial intelligence taking over has been a common theme inside of science fiction Isaac Asimov an incredibly talented uh, science fiction writer has passed away but he wrote uh, wrote some novels uh, dealing with this and he put in the three laws of robotics where uh, that uh, machines that pr robots cannot uh, disobey a, a command from I'm loosely translating it cannot disobey an order from a human uh, or they must must obey all they must protect all human life must obey all humans but they can't uh, obey a human if it's going to cost anybody else their life this kind of stuff and then he, he wrote another novel uh, dealing with the flaws in that and how machines can work around that kind of a thing. And it was interesting. I mean, we'll pick it up again and read it sometime. So uh, I'm interested in the AI thing because, you know, theologically, what I'm interested in is, is the copycat uh, of, of Satan. And so there are theories. One of the theories about dinosaurs, I just it's a theory, just throwing it out, is that it was an attempt by the devil to uh, create uh, different uh, different life forms, but he didn't create them out of nothing, but he modified them in dinosaurs. This is one of the theories I've ever read about years ago. I have no idea if it's true or not. You know, whatever. And so, um, you know, the, the point is that, uh, that, that the devil likes to imitate. And the devil, the false prophet, and the beast is like a, a pseudo-trinity spoken of in Revelation. And then there's a, a resurrection of Christ. Well, there's supposed to be a resurrection of the Antichrist. The the Antichrist, or the beast, whatever you want to call, he's going to have a head wound, and uh, looks like he'll be dead, and then rise from the dead. And people will be uh, amazed. So there are imitations that the enemy gives. So I can't help but wonder. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud make a good science fiction novel where uh, the enemy is trying to produce uh, artificial intelligence artificial life 
uh, through through people. I don't know. I'm just so anyway. I want to talk about this with somebody. Not that particular thing, but about the extent of the AI and what's happening. And um, my relative uh, has stated that the person uh, my relative knows about this is very concerned. Uh, they they do artificial intelligence security and is really worried that in ten years or so it's going to hit the fan and it's going to be bad that, that uh, these things could take over. And I'm like, oh, man, it's like Skynet, you know. So I'm smiling when I'm saying it. And you never know what's really going to happen, but I'm, I'm interested in that kind of a topic. I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. I love that kind of stuff. Hey, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877 Now, Joanne says, pseudo-intelligence, not artificial. Well, it depends what you'd call uh, artificial. Because if it's not the real thing, it's a mimic of it, then it would be artificial. It's also pseudo-intelligence. Uh, and here's the thing is, there's a, a, a phrase in programming called GIGO, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. You get out of it what you program into it. What are they programming? Are they programming uh, it, the artificial intelligence to have the ability to teach itself and reproduce itself? That would be scary to me. I would be in a in a room of, of programmers going, uh, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is it wise to make a program that can reproduce itself and uh, and learn from what we do with it? Is that a wise thing to do? I would just ask the question, you know, because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. The thing about knowledge is it has responsibility with it. Hey, Keith, uh, he's listening, I'm sure. Uh, we've had a couple calls come in, then they've dropped off. Is that, if you could fill me in, is that a phone problem issue? And he'll, he'll uh, in the st- we call it the stack. He'll type it out, and he'll answer, hopefully, what's going on. We're having phone problems, because we've got calls coming in, but they're not staying. So I don't know if it's just they're asking different questions, or if it's not for me, or whatever. So uh, here's so Bill says, uh, imaginary intelligence is Joe Biden. <laughs> You know, that reminds me of another thing. I was talking, or not talking to, I was listening to Newsmax today, Newsmax. And one of the commentators made a comment like, whoa, that's a good point. It says, there is no Democrat and Republican parties. There's no differentiation. There's just different degrees of the Democratic Party. And I thought that was really good. Because I just went, that's true. And he went on to talk about what the Republicans are doing. They're doing the same thing the Democrats are doing. They're, you know, rhinos. So there's just different levels. Now, here's something to think about, too. The Democrats are in control of the, the leftist Democratic parties in control of the media, the news media, the social uh, media areas, except for Twitter now, and schools. What do you think is going to happen? I'll tell you. What's going to happen is it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad. But I also know. God doesn't let these things happen without a reason. And what we can be doing is uh, asking God, how can you prepare me? What would you prepare me for in order to be used to prepare your kingdom and and, uh, uh, increase your kingdom? Let's see. Uh, It says he's unable to actually talk to the callers, try to take them off of hold, but the button won't work. Well, how about this? Just put them on hold, and I'll just take it from there and just see what happens. That's what we did on, on Friday. It is, you just, you just, just said, okay, there it is, and then when I, I'll, then I, I just get on the phone. So let's just give that a try right now. We got callers coming in. We got one on hold. So let's see how this works. 
whoops, right when I hit, right when I hit the button, uh, they dropped off. So maybe we're having a problem with the phones. Uh, yeah, Dodo Bird, two birds with, we can't get off the ground. So what do you think of that? Uh, well, hey, you know, what am I going to say? So I'll tell you what, if you want to interact with the call, with the uh, show today, all you got to do is uh, you can try calling. There's another call. Let me try this again. Let's see how it works. Let's see. Hello. Um, Hello, Matt. Matt Slick. Hey, how are you? Hey, I made it hey. through, yes. Uh, it, it was just dropping, sir. It wasn't up me on my end, and I wasn't yeah, sure it's... if Keith could hear us or not. So. No, Keith says he can't. He's typing. He types some stuff out to me. So the, what we have to do, I'll just let everybody know, is just call in. Keith will just or just let it ring or whatever it is. He'll put it on hold without answering, without picking up. I'll see it, and then I can just jump on and we can get it to work. How about that? That's what we do with Sounds you. good. All right. So what's up, man? What's up? Well, what? I've, called in, I've called in before there, Matt. Love your show. This is Bustman, Aaron Dayton. Um, okay. I heard you speaking about uh, I love the Terminator as well. Um, <laughs> I've done a lot of research, and it, Matt, I'm coming up with the strangest findings uh, through the World Economic Forum itself. Uh, website number one. So these are bona fide websites, and his his his. Uh, I don't know what his formal classification is, but that Noah Harari, that Yuval Noah Harari, that is an advisor to Klaus Schwab. Have you heard of him, man? It's uh, you know I don't know if I have or haven't. I'm not good with names, but. Uh... Something is ringing a distant bell on that one. So, oh, there's a break. Hold okay, on. I, okay, so we got a break. So hold on. Hold I'm on. Talk about this because this is something interesting. I know. Hey, folks, we have. Uh, I guess we have three open lines. If you want to give me a call, what will happen is you'll just uh, be ringing, and all of a sudden they'll go quiet. That means you're on hold, and then I'll pick you up, and we'll get through uh, that way. Okay. Hey, we'll be right back after these messages. You stay tuned. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. As you know, we're having phone problems. I think we lost that guy who was on the air. I'm going to just see if it's the same person or somebody different. Hello? You're on the air. Hello. No, this is Bustman again today. Now I kept hitting the redial, Matt. <laughs> That's all right. Thanks, man. All right, buddy. So where were we? You're talking about Noah Harari. Okay. Yes, have you heard of him, sir? No, I don't. I don't recall. Uh, but something says I have. Okay. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Yes. Well, please do some research. I I love how you're a scholar and you research things. You're a very good Berean when it comes to things, Matt. And one of the reasons I wanted to call you was I want Matt Slick's take on Yuval Y U V A L Yuval Noah, like Noah who built the ark, Harari. I want to say it's H-A-R-R-E-R-I, Matt, but yeah, if you was to duck, duck, go that, yeah. He's the so, advisor to Klaus Schwab, and you need to hear some of this man's uh, interviews and dialogues, okay. and they're all over the Internet. And I'll tell you what, Matt, this guy is either a bona fide psycho or he is a mastermind uh, absolute uh, genius in how to infect people's minds. He wrote a book, okay. Matt, 
that mm -hmm. President Obama just just loved, just touted and touted. Uh, Elon Musk was a big fan of his book as well. Please don't ask me the name of the book, but I do know that Harari wrote a book that President Barack Obama just just doted all over, as did Elon Musk. So um, you need to hear this man. You need to see he's a Jew, a, a, a Jewish man who is homosexual, uh, but extremely intelligent and very influential. Yuval Noah Harari, the advisor to Klaus Schwab, mm -hmm. the CEO of the World Economic Forum. Look at this. I'm reading a little bit from what he his site, one of the books. Humans conquered the world thanks to their unique ability to believe in collective myths about God's money, equality, and freedom, as described in *Sapiens: A Brief History of Mankind* and *Homo Deus*. Now that Homo, you know, Homo sapien, uh, but Deus is God. That's the you know, Deus Latin. is God. Okay. Deus. Okay. Yeah, and prefer, he uh, looks at the future and explores how global power might shift as the principal force of evolution, natural selection, is replaced by intelligent design. What will happen to yeah. democracy when Google and Facebook come to know our likes and our political preferences better than we know them ourselves? What will happen to the welfare state when computers push humans out of the job market and create a massive new useless class? How might Islam handle genetic engineering? Will Silicon Valley end up producing new religions rather than just novel mm. gadgets? And then the last paragraph, uh, as Homo sapiens become Homo Deus, what new destinies will be set for ourselves as the self-made gods of planet Earth? Which, proje which project should be undertaken? How will we protect this fragile planet and humankind itself from our own destructive powers? The book, Homo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Interest peaked yet, Mr. Slick? What's, what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> okay. with, yeah, in several levels. Um, I, yeah. I've got to re, I got to finish editing my, my first novel, the, the Influence, and then I'm, I was working on my second novel in the series, and I'm probably going to change uh, the the beginning of it. I, I I'm going to keep one one chapter, one okay. page, which maybe I'll read, just because people are Let me know having a little dead time. But uh, I want to read maybe, that piece of work, Matt. Yeah, yeah. It and so I'm I'm thinking about incorporating some ide ideas, let's just say, into stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. So there you go. He he is a a very influential person. He influenced the. Uh, the President of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, he has influenced Elon Musk uh, through his writings. But, yes, if, when you see some of his interviews over probably, I want to say, within the, within the decade, Matt, watch with, just listen to this man, and you would think, oh, he's just speaking hyperbolically or metaphorically. No, he doubles down, Matt, and says, and no, what I mean is this. And it's like, this man's serious. This guy isn't talking metaphorically. He's talking genuinely. Don't take my word for it, Mr. Slick. I know there's probably some listeners out there listening to your program who is nodding their head saying, Bossman and Dayton, yes, that's true. Because they have seen him and heard him, and it's just, 
it's it's almost so outlandish, Matt, that it's hard for sane people like yourself and I and, and your listeners to actually grasp. It's like that no, that that's so outlandish. But he's serious, Matt. And so I, I have tell you to what, broaden you my could, sameness. If you could I will. Uh, find out which specific thing to look at because he's got lots I of can. books. And uh, you yeah. email me, and if you email me, um, I tell you what I want you to do. I want you to yep. email me anyway. And you just email me at info at and I'll see it. Info and then what I'll do is I'll respond and give you my private email address. But I don't Sounds give out to very man. many people. And that way you and can I just jump, go and do yeah. that. Okay? Yep, I, and I will honor, I will honor that, and, and I'm humbled by that. Yes, I, I need people like you as do many in your own to get out about this man. Uh, and, and and Christians need to know, pastors need to know what Yuval Noah Harari is doing, and he's alive and well, advising the World Economic Forum CEO, Klaus Schwab, who is not a good man either. But I think he's under the, 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 the spell, if you will, pardon the pun, of this man. And yeah, do a little research, Mr. Slick, and I and I would love to converse with you either on the air or privately. However, but when I found him, Matt, I was like, Lord, this people need to know about this man. Um, yeah, I've got uh, so, some things I yeah. could. I I won't don't want to talk about over the radio because I don't want to sure. scare the bejeebers out of people. But um, I've been actually. You know, kind of off and on studying stuff and being aware of stuff from the 1980s. There's stuff going wow. on, and yeah, there's there's stuff. There's been stuff. I remember yeah. reading and hearing and, and stuff from uh, esoteric sources that go in and wow. talk about things. And there's been something in the works for over 40 years. So, um, you know, yeah, this is no so joke. you if what I might send you might be redundant and but. Praise oh, God, Matt, because um, we, as Paul said in Second Corinthians chapter 2, we know the wiles of the devil. And this, he is not a godly man. I'll just say that. Yuval Noah Harari is not a Jesus-loving, godly man. Um, he speaks of God. He speaks of Jesus. But okay, I'll check it out. He is not. Yes, I'll send him. Info at right. That's right, info at Thanks, man. All right. Yep. Hey, folks, we have wide open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877 Remember, if you won't hear anybody. You'll just be put on hold, and I'll pick up. So God bless me right back after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. Everybody, welcome back to the show. At the bottom of the hour, if you want to give me a call, all you got to do is dial 877-207-2276. We're still having phone problems from uh, uh, Friday, and so we're working around it. And if you call, uh, you won't hear anybody pick up. You'll just hear it kind of stop ringing, and uh, then... I'll pick up, and we'll be on the air. So that's different than how it normally is working, but they'll be working on it to, to get it right. And this, this kind of stuff happened. 
So uh, there you go with that. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. I'm entertaining the idea of reading one chapter out of my uh, second novel in the series, but I don't know if I want to because it's kind of scary, and I don't want to scare any kids <laughs> because this uh, it's only 467 words, but, um, you know, so I've had... Uh, we're going to reboot the stack in the break. At the break, okay, good. So I hope he uh, he did. So maybe uh, maybe it'll work now. So uh, try this. Uh, try giving this a call. Let's see if that works. Eight seven seven two zero seven two two seven six. So um, lots to talk about, and um, but I got an interesting phone call today from a friend, and we got talking about some stuff and about difficulties in life. Just a generic kind of conversation. And I started thinking about stuff and uh, the things that we go through in life. And one of the things that I've noticed, at least in my own life and in in, uh, the lives of others. Now, granted, I'm almost 66 years old. So hindsight is really advantageous. When you look back on your life and you see what is important, what's not important, you see your mistakes, uh, which, oh, man. Boy, I tell you, they just dot the horizon of my past. And as you see the the things you've done and you want to do, and you gain wisdom from those things. Now I've got a, that means then I should have a lot of wisdom because I've certainly made a lot of mistakes, and that's that's the truth. And so we were talking, and this gentleman was having difficulty um, releasing some of these past events and moving forward and this is you know the same kind of a thing that happens to a lot of us that that maybe we've done something wrong or wish we hadn't done something that we thought was right or why didn't we do the thing that was right it, it just there's all kinds of variables in that but we have regrets and those regrets can really be detrimental not necessarily because those regrets have deleterious ramifications. That means, uh, you know, there's some bad consequences. But those, though those kind of things are legitimate um, and, and real, but I, I wanted to focus on one other thing. And we we're talking, and I said, you know, when you're looking inward, you can't look outward. And when you're looking down, you can't look up. When you're looking backwards, you can't look forward. And what I meant was, you can only look at one thing at a time. So if you are dealing with a struggle, a regret, uh, you know, a, a, a memory that causes you pain and suffering, you can only look at one thing at a time. And if you look back to those things, you can't look forward uh, and you can't press on to the things that God has uh, for us. And he says, that Paul says in Philippians 3.12, he says, you know, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ. And I started thinking about this, because as I look back at my own life, but there's a lot of regrets. I really do have quite a few. I really do. There's some that are just, whenever I think about it, there's always a, a couple, three that are just prominent. And what do I do with those? Well, first thing I do is I acknowledge my failure in those. 
Sometimes there's sin. Sometimes there's stupidity. Sometimes there's a combo. Sometimes it's just impulse, lack of wisdom. Whatever it is. But the effect is the same, and I have regrets. And um, one of the things I've learned over the years is that by looking back, I can't look forward. And I look at those things behind me as lessons that I must learn from. And I then change them from regrets. They're not, it'll stop being regrets, but I I should say I, I change the power of their regret into the optimism of learning. If I were to deal only with those regrets, those past events, and look to them alone and judge myself on those, or beat myself up over those uh, continuously, then I'm looking back. And I'm not pressing forward, as Philippians 3.12 says, that I might lay lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And so, in Philippians 3.12, you know, I, I look at this, and I think about it. Everything that occurs, God has allowed to occur. Even our deliberate failures, our rebellions, our sins, our fornications and adulteries, our sorceries, our pride, our arrogance, our stupidity, our stubbornness, the things that have injured ourselves and others. And if I were to dwell on those, then I have to be careful because I don't want to dwell on them to such a degree that they become idols. See, an idol, in this case, would be something that I look to that has power over me, that I have to submit my heart and soul to, to work through and get its permission to progress forward. And I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I've got mistakes, I think of. I've got regrets that I have. And I ask, Lord... What can I learn from them that I might bring glory to you? What can I learn from them that would change me, that I can be used by you to further your kingdom? See, what I'm doing is relying on the grace of God that he's not surprised by my failures or yours, and that through them he has the ability to work miraculous things. Too many of us hold on to the past and drag the past along with us as we move forward. Sometimes we do it to think that we're not worthy, or we're not, but we want to have a reminder of our failures because we identify with those failures. And by identifying with their failures, we have a kind of sinful comfort because we're looking to those things and the familiarity even of our pain and regret that are now habitual. And we look to those things instead of to Christ. But to look to Christ means to do so by faith. To do that means you turn 180. You turn from looking back to looking forward. And you don't forget the past because it has lessons for you. But you give it to Christ and you yank that chain from behind. You yank it up forward in front of you at the cross. Let it fall there and bow your head and then walk past it. You walk past it with Christ. And then we move forward. This is what I was thinking today. This is what I've I've thought over the years, these things. 
as we develop means of dealing with our failures in our past. You know, Philippians 3.12 again, I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which I was laid hold of by Christ. And what is it that we as Christians are laid hold of? For His glory, to be loved. And do you think that He was surprised by your failures, your sins? Of course not. And yet He loves you through them and in spite of them. And He can turn all of those things into good things. That's if we knock that idol of our past, those individual things, we knock them down. We keep our eyes on Jesus and say, I don't know how, but I know you can fix it. I don't know how, but you can make it better. I don't know how, but you can use it for your glory. And you say, Lord, you've allowed me to go through this, to be shaped, to be taught, to be disciplined, to be pruned, maybe to be fixed. And I acknowledge that because I'm a sinner. And I know I'll make more mistakes, but may I make less of them by seeking your will and learn from the past. And when you do this this way, you can let go of the past and you can have hope in the future because it lays in the person and work of Christ who's never been surprised by your failures or your sin or your rebellion, your bad choices. None of it. Because his love for you is that great, perfect, long-suffering, and his knowledge of you is so complete that he knows you better than yourself, and he's able to work through you in spite of you. And he loves you not because of you, but because of him. He's not surprised. He'll give it all to him and look forward, not backward. Look outward, not inward. That's what you got to do when you move towards Christ. Hey, we have five open lines. Give me a call, 877 We'll be right back. We're going after these messages. It's Matt Slick Live, taking your calls at 877-207-2276. Here's Matt Slick. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. So I had to reboot my stack, and then I see the two callers came in. So there was a disconnection and a problem, so I rebooted that during the break. So we'll get to them in a second. Just want to let you know that we stay on the air by your support. If you'd be so kind as to consider supporting us, all you have to do is go to carm.org, C-A-R-M dot o-r-g in the right hand side or i'll actually just go to forward slash donate that that's all just carm.org forward slash donate and you can help us out we ask five dollars a month we do need it and that helps us stay on the air so if you like what you're hearing then please consider supporting us and if you don't like well okay all right let's try this hey you are on the air with matt slick you there look are you hey, there yeah. hi okay so what do you got? Hey, uh, hey, that was very inspiring. Last fifteen minutes, that was that was me. Very humble, very good. Oh, praise God, man. Um, so I just kind of want to comment about the uh, AI, artificial okay. intelligence. Sure. kind of, um, I, I, there's a lot of great books out there. A lot of very big minds out there that. Uh, they're not that worried. It's not going to be the, uh, you know, the the iRobot or the, uh, you know, the, the Terminator type thing. It's, 
you know, AI is not close. I mean, it's made great strides. It's doing great things in the medical industry. It's been doing excellent things in the transportation and, and delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it is actually, yeah, it, it's taken some jobs, but obviously it's creating other jobs too, but right. it's not going to be the end all of humanity. It's, I mean, right. and there, there's, I don't see a path and, and some of the big minds that I've been reading, they don't see a path where an A, artificial intelligence, there's something like a deep blue could ever even come up with a, its own axiom. It can't write a Shakespeare play. It can't write a symphony. Uh, yeah, a symphony. It's, it's just, it's not it's not even close to it, it can't even get there. There's no way that it can get there, just just mm-hmm. because of the um, the nature of, of what it takes to code artificial intelligence. Right. Well, you never know, and uh, I, I from what I understand, I've I've gotten a lot of information, but uh, there is a natural born limit to what it can do. Now, the thing is, they write algorithms, and then uh, can they imitate sentience just by programming? And then if it's an imitation of sentience, then uh, can it then reproduce? Because one of the things that I know that they're working on is programs that can write programs about themselves to improve their own thinking. And this is that's what's scaring me is because if that becomes I don't know what the, what the right word is there's a breaking point but it's not a, it's a negative point. a certain level when it becomes self-perpetuating then that's uh, you know like I said gar- giggo yeah. you know garbage in garbage out if that's the case and you know right. what if the ones who programmed it were leftist moron wackos or what if they were uh, atheists or what if they were you know commies or whatever I don't know you know and they put this stuff into the yeah, system right. who knows Right, right. Yeah, well, I mean, you raise a good point. I think in the last year or maybe two years, maybe you've heard about it, but the, uh, there were two AI bots that were out there, and they put them, um, I, I guess, face-to-face, and let the bots just chat with themselves. And, and they came up with their own unintelligible um, communication. And after, I don't know how long it was, but several weeks, they just pulled the plug on it because they were communicating with themselves under some guise that, that, that humans would not, they, they just didn't understand. Now, they're still studying it. They're saying, well, how can they understand, you know, how do they communicate? What was the communication? Right. What, what could it be about? But, I mean, that's the oddity of the whole thing with AI. Well, different minds would have different uh, language structures. It's just a logical uh, axiom, I would think. And if you're going to have a, a binary set uh, system of thought, then it's right or wrong it's absolutes you have to program into it a bit of ambiguity that's one of the things that we have is ambiguity and intuition so if uh, they're going to program they're going to program with uh, either or situations because that's always how it's going to have to be there is no intuition ability in it so it's almost as though that would have to be written in there is um, a bit of illogic so that a form of intuition could be uh, imitated if that makes sense yeah, no, it does. It does. Thanks, Matt. I will. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this, so you can get to the other caller. That uh, it's kind of okay. good to see Nancy has a retirement party coming along, and um, hopefully we can uh, have a, a little larger margin in the house. But just having the gavel in the house is, is definitely good. 
Yeah, well, there's an example of artificial intelligence. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, God bless, Matt. You too, man. God bless. Hey, we have a couple open lines. If you want to give me a call, 877-207-2276. We have somebody waiting online, and uh, you're on the air with Matt Slick. Yeah, good evening. This is Claudio. Welcome back. All right. So what have you got? Uh, my question is, um, uh, where is Lucifer or Satan right now? Is he in heaven or on earth? It looks like it said, the Bible says he walks around prowling as a devil, seeing who he uh, can deceive, First Peter 5, 8. But be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. In order to do that, he has to be here on earth to be able to do that. So at the very least, we could say, yeah, he's, he's present here on earth. Okay. Because I was, I was, I was thinking that when I'm a Lucifer disobeyed God, it was thrown away from heaven and um, it comes down with about one quarter of the of the angels followed him. But as I was reading Revelation twelve nine, okay, and I find out that um, uh, it has that has not happened. These are things that got to happen in the future. Uh, I begin to wonder whether he's down here on earth or whether he's still in heaven, because I don't, there, I, I don't, I don't have any passage that would tell me that he's down here on earth. Well, it's just a simple issue of logic. Okay, so if the Bible says, like it does in First Peter five eight, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. So that means he has to be around here to do that. It's simple. Now, you mentioned a verse in Revelation. What verse is that? Revelation 12, 9. And that says, And a great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down, thrown down with him. Now, so with, there's different ways of, of harmonizing these, and one of them could be that that is descriptive of things before the fall, or at the fall, or right after the fall. That's one possibility. The other possibility is that what it's talking about is a, a different condition that he is able, Satan is able to be able to move between heaven and earth, because it does seem to talk about that in the book of Job. And then what's happening is that he's thrown down to have no longer has access to heaven. That's one possibility in that. He's thrown down to the earth. The angels were thrown down with him. That they don't have access in heaven anymore in the spiritual realm. It could be that uh, since the Bible talks about three levels of the heavens, where the first level is where the air is, the clouds. The second is the stars and the moon, things like that, and the sun. And the third is the dwelling place of God. So maybe there's something dealing with uh, with this in the sense that the angelic realm is then thrown down to the, the, the first level, to where we specifically dwell, and they're restricted to that. I mean, these are all just logical possibilities. It doesn't mean that they're all true. It just means these are ranges of, of options that could be the case. Okay? Because verse, verse 10 tells us that 
calls him um, the accuser of our brethren. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it seems as if he's still in heaven. Well, he doesn't have to be in heaven to be accuser. He can be an accuser here on earth. In my novel, The Influence, um, I wrote, I never have the devil appear, but uh, I have principalities and powers appear, and they're lesser than him, of course. And I have them being accusers and uh, saying things and also lying in order to uh, bolster someone's sin. As they, in in the, the novel, there's just, it's called literary license. I have them whispering into people's ears and those people can't see them, but they're aware of the thoughts. That's just a literary license in a fiction novel. So the idea here is that they accuse and they, they will mix truth of guilt and past things with the future and the present in order to bring about what they desire and their evil intentions. At any rate, so this is uh, one possibility uh, for Revelation 12.10. Okay. Is there any possibility that this is something going to happen during the, the, the tribulation? When you say possibility, because I'm not as as well-versed in Revelation 12 related to the tribulation period, I can't say yes or no. But I would say from what I understand, I think that's a certain possibility. It could also be that he's already been thrown down. If you think about what's happening in the world, there's a great deal of deception going on. There is a lot of division, a lot of racism, uh, the rise of communism, the rise of atheism, the rise of Islam, the attacks on Christians. Christians are being attacked all over the place, and our news media doesn't cover it. I have feet on the ground in Nigeria, for example, and they're telling me what's happening. The Christians are being killed, and the church is burned down by Muslims. Uh, this is not spoken about on our news media, but it's horrendous what's happening. And I have people telling me this on a regular basis. I've even been shown film from phones that they've sent me of what's happening there and the violence. But at any rate, so, and this should be on, on national news, but it's not because uh, the Christians are the ones who are being attacked and killed. So this kind of thing is happening all over the world. In fact, a lot of people don't know this, but more Christians died for their faith in uh, the 20th century than uh, all of history combined. So when did Satan get loose? Or when was he cast down? I can't tell you exactly. Some people say at the beginning of the tribulation. Some say sometime before the tribulation in order to bring the tribulation period about. I just don't know. Okay. Wish I did. Um, then I could write a book instead of I'm, Left Behind. I'd write it still to, here. Go ahead. Sorry. Would I be right to say I'm Satan? Is omnipresent everywhere? No. no. No, 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 no. He's localized. He does not have the qualities and attributes of God. He is only one place at a time. He has a dominion over why forces. Why you just said what's happening in Nigeria and other places and demons and uh, I'm a crime and everything? So is it tempting everybody, everybody being tempted and to do wrong in so many areas, so many countries? Yep. Is, you know, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was wondering, wondering whether he's omnipresent. No, he's not. But there's lots of angelic forces that have fallen that are doing evil and doing his will. Hey, there we go. we got to go because there's some music. So call back tomorrow. We talk about demonology and things like that, okay? Got to go, brother. Thanks for calling. 
Hey folks, a little trouble with the lines, but hey, you know what? We just worked through it. May the Lord bless you by His grace. We'll be back on here tomorrow. The Lord, if the phones work, and we'll talk to you again. Have a great evening, everyone. God bless. Another program powered by the Truth Network.